Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Trina Geyer. Welcome to the show, Trina. Thank you, Ulama. So to get us going, what is your educational leadership title or titles? My title is Director for Nursing Leadership and Development at Emory Healthcare. And what do you do in this role? So it's a broad role. And thankfully, um, my work aligns with the actual title. Um, I do intentional professional development and continuing education for nurse leaders at all levels and across all practice settings of our organization. And that intentional professional development, you know, it includes um, assessing and understanding the professional development or growth opportunities for our nurse leaders. It includes content development, uh, being very reflective of uh, the knowledge, skills, and abilities and performance expectations of our nurses. It also includes um, being really considerate of the context in which our nurse leaders um, perform, including the complex situations and practice settings, and includes creating or developing and planning evidence-based and evidence-informed teaching and learning experiences based on leadership science, uh, implementing our, our courses based on principles of adult learning, um, creating inclusive learning environments where our participants, our nurse leaders, and their diverse experiences and perspectives can be shared uh, in ways that they feel safe and seen and heard and valued. And certainly evaluating all learning programs for outcomes and continuous improvement. But I love when people ask me that question because my work actually, or my title reflects the majority of the work that I do. <laughs> I'm so delighted to hear that because that is, not common for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you spend a lot of time going, this is my title, but this is what I do. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that. And the breadth of work that you do, I, you know, as I was listening to you talk about this professional development of nurse leaders and, and all that you're putting towards it, there's a part of me that's like, I'm not a nurse, but I kind of want to do this. Wonderful, wonderful. There is always a seat at the table for individuals who um, are drawn to nursing and certainly uh, based on their lived experiences, feel that they can contribute to nursing leadership. And everyone, particularly when I talked about, um, you know, uh, perspectives, mm -hmm. right, and inclusive learning environments, when we think about um, the diversity of our learners and our workforce, we're not always talking about just race, ethnicity, or gender, or, or sexual orientation, or, or gender identity, but your lived experiences, your cognitive abilities, age, all of those um, diverse perspectives add value and can contribute to learning in, in such a way that it serves and gets us closer to our mutual or common goals, which are the best possible outcomes for our, our patients, our families, our communities, and all of the people that we serve, including our workforce. Wonderful, thank you. Mm -hmm. 
So given the breadth of things that you do under your role, what skills do you use in order to be able to do those different things? Yes, that's a great question. Um, I think first, connecting with people. And when you think about leadership competencies, that's phrased a number of different ways. Um, relationship management, communication and relationship building, emotional intelligence, being able to connect with people, not just what they do, but who they are is really important when you think about skills and, and, and leadership competencies. Um, a lot of that comes through active listening, um, being very present um, and, and listening with the intent to understand as opposed to wanting to respond. Being um, certainly in, in the last three and a half, nearly four years um, in healthcare, being agile, being nimble. Um, and that's not just in terms of uh, working with with working within education, but being flexible with our teaching learning strategies, uh, being flexible and uh, nimble and fluid with course and curriculum development. I know for many educators, particularly depending upon how long you've been an educator, um, you have a way of doing things, a way of being. And if we've learned anything in the last three years, the importance of being agile, the importance of being flexible is so, so um, important in terms of your outcomes as an educator. Thank you. I really appreciate you highlighting that because I still think of myself as pretty early in my educator career, but the pandemic, mm -hmm. boy, did that mm -hmm. push me in terms of expanding what I can do and how I can do it. I agree. And, you know, to add on to that, um, as an educator, the importance of um, our own professional development and being committed to and intentional about our own continuous learning. So whether it was um, becoming more adept at, um, you know, online learning, mm -hmm. um, ways to engage learners in virtual platforms. Uh, any number of things where we had to adapt to the to the situations to, uh, at the time in order to still be able to meet the needs of our learners and recognizing, I'll circle back to the principles of adult learning and, and um, diversity within our workforce, uh, making sure that to the best of your ability, you are engaging your learners in a way that helps them to be successful, helps them to... Um, you know, gain the knowledge and the experience that they need in order to be successful at whatever they are intending. Thank you. No wonder you're in your position right now. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm excited um, <laughs> about my professional development as an educator listening to you. Um, so I recognize that you probably didn't just start in this particular role you're in right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to hear what was your journey that led to this current role? Wow, that's another really great question. I will tell you, I had quite a non-traditional path to nursing leadership. In some ways, um, I think I've always been somewhat of an educator. 
I think back to to the, my childhood and, um, you know, when we played outdoors and I seem to be the one who was always organizing the activities and making sure we had what we needed for the games and making sure that folks did what they were supposed to do and making sure that people were included. So um, it's, it's really interesting how that, um, you know, translates into and across my now nursing career um, over 30 years. So like most new graduates during that time, I started uh, in medical surgical uh, nursing. I started on a nursing unit at one of our local hospitals on night shift. And, um, you know, I was, I was really, really passionate about nursing and wanting to do my best. I never really thought intentionally in nursing about becoming an educator nurse and certainly never really thought much about a leader. However, I think there's some things that are innate and there are um, some opportunities that present themselves where um, other leaders uh, see something in you and invest in your development uh, through mentoring and, and uh, providing opportunities for professional development. So I had an untraditional path in that I did not start out as some do who they know during nursing school, I want to be, um, you know, a pediatric nurse. I want to be um, an OR nurse. I want to work in the emergency department. I was very, I, I was one of the nurses who uh, needed to find my niche, if you will. And that came about through a non-traditional path of many varied experiences. And in hindsight, reflecting back on my career, all of those uh, varied experiences, I think, helped me where I am now um, and were incredibly good for me because they give me multiple sources um, to draw from in terms of my, my knowledge, my understanding, my application, and my ability to relate to and care for learners. That is great as I listen to that. And um, when you talked about the importance of perspective and mm -hmm. how because you've had these multiple experiences, you bring that multi-perspective lens as you're listening to people engage with you. Yeah. Yes, for sure. You know, I think, uh, again, um, and, and I'm, of course, focusing on nursing. As I said, I started out at the bedside, which most nurses did at that time. But being able to um, have opportunities to shadow and then uh, become uh, a charge nurse, relief charge nurse, um, being able to develop um, in services, for our nurses around a particular piece of equipment or a new procedure that uh, we were expected to do, being able to work in various practice settings. So I started in medical surgical, but that's broad. You know, I did some orthopedics. I also did some work in cardiovascular nursing. One of my favorites and, and um, areas that I served in was telemetry. Um, so being able to draw from those multiple experiences, I also had the opportunity to uh, do work in public health nursing. And actually my graduate work 
focused on public health nursing, which is it was was incredibly enriching. And at the time, 20 years ago, um, I did not have the foresight, although I had the passion for it, I did not have the foresight to know, fast forward 20 years, um, the importance and the relevance and the intention around social determinants of health. Social determinants of health are not new. However, the, 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 um, the intentionality around making sure that we understand the needs of our populations in order to get them to, again, the optimal outcomes that we hope to achieve. Um, so social determinants of health um, and, and um, the emerging uh, sexual orientation and gender identity and uh, environmental scanning, being able to make sure that we are doing really good assessments, planning, implementation, evaluation, um, making decisions based on data um, and, and, and metrics, how relevant all of that would be in the work that I'm doing now in predominantly acute care uh, practice settings, I did not know. I wish I could say I had the genius uh, those years ago to know um, that all of the things that I learned in public health nursing or so many of the lessons that I learned in the experiences and the skills that I developed through my graduate work in public health nursing would be so applicable to uh, the work that I'm doing today as well. So um, my path was non-traditional. However, I have come to value greatly um, the diverse experiences that I've had uh, professionally as well as personally to um, bring me to where I am. And then I can in turn impart those to other leaders at all levels of the organization. And again, across um, all practice settings. Wonderful, thank you. I'm curious as uh, you know, you were talking about that your experiences and you know, you were a practicing nurse, you were a charge nurse. At what point did you decide and go, hmm, I want to go into grad school? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, so let me get my timeline here in my mind. Give me a moment. I started graduate school and a work in public health nursing about six years into my nursing career, which, um, you know, by, by today's, um, you know, the, the way that, that individuals come to nursing now may seem like a slow path, not only non-traditional, but a slow path. But I, um, I entered grad school about six years after um, I completed my, my bachelor's. And again, I thought about community. I thought about the best ways to serve. And I think as, as, as leaders and, and educators tapping into, and there, there are many ways to, to be able to do this, and it'll tie back to um, an earlier statement that I made about connecting with people, helping them to identify their strengths and what they feel drawn to and how they can best serve is really key. I think it's key for their own personal uh, sense of fulfillment and value in the work that they're doing. And I think it's key to organizations to make sure to the best of our abilities that people are the right fit and that they're aligned 
um, in order to uh, achieve uh, the goals that are set by the organization. So for me, at that time in my career, I felt particularly drawn to opportunities in education and public health nursing. And as public health nurses, um, public health nurses have a great deal of responsibility and autonomy uh, as it relates to education, uh, mm -hmm. patient education, um, educating, depending upon your practice setting in the various ambulatory or public health settings that you may be in. Mm -hmm opportunities to develop um, policies and protocols uh, based on still regulatory requirements and accreditation requirements, being able to tap into resources, being able to um, uh, collaborate and communicate with, um, you know, various individuals and um organizations in order to achieve your outcomes. So there's there there were lots of opportunities to learn, but it, it was based on what I identified at the time were some significant needs um, in marginalized populations and how could I best serve in order to, to the best of my ability, um, help to decrease um, the disparities that we were seeing in healthcare, how could I best serve marginalized populations? So that we have today, again, we have the focus um, through the National Academies around health equity and charting a new path. Public health nursing gave me an opportunity to tap into that based on um, those same underlying concerns about um, individuals, populations who are not as well represented or served um, in our various healthcare settings? And how could I help to improve that and improve those outcomes? Wonderful, thank you. You know, as you think about the journey that you've had and you're in this current role, what do you wish you knew before stepping into your role? Hmm. You know, it's interesting. So I'm I'm thinking about um, Benner's novice to expert, which which we refer to a lot. And and even though I've been a nurse now for over 30 years, in every new position, you feel like you start a little bit back at novice, and you don't always know what you don't know. So, um, you know, what do I wish I knew before stepping into the role? In hindsight. Um, having a clearer picture of all of the various resources within an organization and particularly all organizations may not be the size of my um, organization, Emory Healthcare. However, um, making sure that I am just not um, skilled and knowledgeable about um, you know, leadership science, but also all the people connected to leadership science. Um, who are my internal and external subject matter experts? Um, what is the evidence behind what I am doing? And um, uh, much of that um, I, I had and, and um, or was able to draw from, but creating that big picture and being able to um, then align my work 
within that big picture was something that I had to develop. Um, so what I wish I knew was, um, you know, all of the pieces that I needed, if you would, to put the puzzle together. Um, but then there's also fun in that. Um, for, for some, it can be a little bit challenging on the front end, but uh, given the time and given the support and the resources, it can also be fun to develop and um, chart a new path, whether it's, again, around your educational um, goals, whether it's around your objectives, whether it's around developing the actual content, um, again, tapping into subject matter experts, recognizing that even in education, it's really great to have um, collaborative partnerships. Also, being able to, I love our intentionality and focus around interprofessional education and collaborative practice, because um, being able to recognize how we, um, you know, in, a, in, in our various disciplines, still have a common mutual goal, right? And how do we support one another in order to help our learners? Our, whether we're talking about medical students, nursing students, public health students, um, you know, any number of our, of, our, of our specialties, of our disciplines, how do we come together um, and create teaching learning experiences that again, help us with our shared common goal, which is optimal outcomes for our patients um, and our populations. Thank you, so important. And something you just said there, uh, you know, talking about getting the, the puzzle pieces and putting the jigsaw together made me wonder, are you the first in this current role or did you step in after somebody? I said, that's a great question. I stepped in after someone. Okay. And um, as you probably know in your own practice right now, um, there are things that are handed to you. Yeah. And then there are things that you create yes. and you make your own. And then there are things that um, you develop mm -hmm. um, based on your environmental scanning and assessment uh, that do not connect to anything that was before. Yeah. Right. So, again, in healthcare, we have learned so much and 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 still have so much learning to do to um and and I'll 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 use some of the the words that you hear a lot of people um using now um restructuring redesigning reimagining mm -hmm. right because the conditions the situations the complexities um surrounding healthcare and healthcare delivery have changed so much as a result of um, the COVID pandemic and um, everything that we learn and everything that we try to anticipate moving forward. Um, for some of this, there wasn't a blueprint. Mm -hmm. For some of this, there was going back and, and reassessing what may have been before and how do we reimagine it, redesign in order to meet the current needs of our learners and our end users. So um, there was some elements of my work that was handed to me. There was quite a bit uh, that needed to be developed based on me understanding the needs of my learners and making sure that what I am delivering is relevant, it's appropriate, it is timely based on the complex situations 
and, and environments that they're working in now. Thank you. And so you are very involved in the nurse leaders professional development, but I would like to know a bit more about what you do for your development. So what continuing professional development do you do in order to keep up with the needs of your role? Yes, and another great question. It's really important, as I said, to be intentional about your own professional development. So for me, being connected to professional organizations um, that, that um, generate and apply uh, nursing leadership science is really important. Um, so I'm a member of uh, a few uh, leadership professional organizations. So I'm able to get continuing education through that. I have two certifications, one for nursing professional development, one for nurse executive leadership, um, and also connecting and, and being intentional about mentors for myself and, um, um, you know, learning from others and uh, relationships and, and observing, um, you know, lifelong learning for me is important as well. And I'm able to do that through, I'm um, really, I'm very fortunate to have uh, several great mentors that I stay in contact with. In addition to uh, staying connected to the evidence, uh, you know, and research, and also staying connected to individuals in, in our various practice settings, the learners who are actually doing the work, whether it's through direct observations, through giving them opportunities to give me feedback and input um, through other leaders across our organization, being able to give input about what they are seeing, hearing, uh, learning, and doing. So all of those um, enrich my professional development to make sure that um, I stay relevant, that I stay prepared, and that I am continually growing. Thank you. Can you give some examples of um, names of some of those organizations that you've tapped into? Oh, sure. So the American Organization for Nursing Leadership, the Association for Nursing Professional Development. I'm a member of SIGMA, uh, Sigma Theta Tau International. For those of you that know, you know that Sigma. Um, now, so those are three um, of the, the very strong professional organizations that I am a part of, I, I do work in, um, I contribute to in very uh, meaningful ways. Thank you. You're welcome. So what advice would you give someone interested in doing the same type of leadership role that you have? Yeah, so um, what I would what I would suggest, definitely there are um, formal academic uh, prep. There's formal academic preparation, of course, uh, through master's programs, um, uh, doctoral programs, which focus on leadership, uh, whether it's executive leadership, whether it's um, organizational leadership. Um, or or professional development. So formal academic education, but also connecting to uh, mentors, um, uh, requesting, if not being offered opportunities to be mentored, uh, to shadow, to observe, to listen, um, 
serving on, on projects, if you have the opportunity to do so, councils, committees, um, and ask questions, ask plenty of questions. There are no crazy questions, um, you know, uh, questions that are, I hear people say, oh, this is a stupid question. This is a silly question. Don't do that. Um, ask your questions because as I said earlier, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, and individuals might make assumptions about what you don't know. So if you don't ask questions, if you don't see clarification, it can hinder your growth um, and stagnate your growth opportunities. So I would definitely um, encourage uh, individuals through formal and informal um, relationships and opportunities to connect to um, leaders. Thank you. So building off of the discussion we've had about your role and how it involves professionally developing uh, nurse leaders, can you talk a bit more about um, how you go about supporting and expanding education in your profession or through your role? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's really great. So, you know, we've talked a lot about leaders and, and, and leadership development. And one of the things that I love um, about where we are in nursing now is the recognition that all nurses are leaders. Um, regardless of your title, your position, your role, your practice setting, um, you bring leadership uh, capabilities to the work that you do. So starting there and recognizing that and identifying and helping individuals tap into what their strengths are and how their strengths best align with the work and the organization, mission, vision, values, and outcomes of your practice setting are, are really important. So being able to, whether it's through um, um, structured frameworks um, that help individuals along their career path, their career trajectory, we have some of that. Um, you know, whether we incorporate personality inventories and assessments, it starts with being able to do that and working one-on-one -on -one with individuals um, to help them identify their strengths, to help them identify growth opportunities, to help them align the work that they're doing with the strategic um, mission, vision, values of the organization and helping them to see the value of their voice in decision-making, um, in professional governance and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and uh, teamwork and collaboration, and nursing excellence outcomes, helping all nurses at every level of the organization and across all practice settings to be able to understand their, their, their value and the significance of what they bring to the table and what they bring to the profession in terms of helping us to achieve common outcomes is really key. And I consider all of that is foundation for professional development and continuous learning opportunities. So powerful, just listening to you talk about, you know, the importance of voice and seat at the table and that you are a leader wherever you are is, mm -hmm. is so powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Building on that and some of what you're talking about, can you tell us a bit about how you view succession planning? Sure. Um, I view it as essential, uh, particularly, um, as I said, in light of 
what we've experienced in healthcare over the past 30 and a half years and what I saw reflected in leadership. I've been with my organization for 12 years now. And I would say within the last three and a half years um, to see the upstream and downstream impact of leadership um, and responses to leadership, uh, leader behaviors in complex situations, um, leader abilities, um, leader burn burden, leader burnout, um, leader transitions, whether through retirement, um, or seeking other opportunities, again, because of burden and burnout. I think, you know, thinking about succession planning and the recognition that life has, has um, come at many of us fast mm -hmm. and, and, and in unexpected ways mm -hmm. um, over the last three and a half years. And we all should be developing other individuals such that if Trina Geyer were not able to do this work today or tomorrow for whatever reason, that we have other individuals that we have been intentional in, in recognizing and identifying and then developing and mentoring such that they could take our place is really key. And um, it's it's always been important, but the intentionality around it has become increasingly important and the value in it has become increasingly important. I think in light of uh, many of the the, the leadership um, changes and, and, and transitions that we've experienced in the last several years. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. That's so important. Um, what would you say, as you reflect on your work to date, um, what contributed to your biggest successes thus far? Yes, um, I will go back to having really great leaders myself. Um, I've been very fortunate in my career um, to be developed and mentored by really strong leaders and leaders in different practice settings. So being able to observe, to sit, to listen, if you will, um, you know, their, their leadership styles, um, uh, the things that, and, and learn from, from their, their lessons um, in leadership have been incredibly important. So, so my mentors for sure have contributed, uh, if I've had any successes, uh, uh, being fortunate, to have some really exceptional mentors, uh, people that poured into me on uh, various aspects, whether it was through academic education, through professional leadership experiences has been so key. Thank you, thank you. And I think it, it ties in so beautifully when I think about, as you talked about succession planning and being a leader at different levels. So. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned you are a lifelong learner and so, mm -hmm. What would you say are your biggest growth opportunities right now? So for me, thinking about um, nursing, but also remembering a context, right? Because I am a nurse, regardless of my position 
or Ty Lyman nurse and I care about the work of nursing. So um, being able to contextualize that with what is happening um, in healthcare as a business mm -hmm. is really important. So staying connected to the business of healthcare and all of the contexts that impact nurse leaders and leadership development so that whatever I am doing and delivering um, in the way of professional development is relevant, it's timely and it's appropriate to help um, to the best of my ability our, our leaders to be successful. Thank you, so important. I think when I think about education and healthcare and you know educators, we're sometimes so caught up on like the education side and we don't think about the business side mm -hmm. of what we do and how um, important that is. Thank you. Um, what would you say um, you love most about your work and what you do right now? Oh, wow. So that takes me back to my first um, or, or one of my first responses, definitely connecting with people. And um, despite any challenges that we may have, um, being able to develop nurses, being able to see them, whether it's coming through our courses or me mentoring others and watching them grow, um, seeing through many challenges, then walk away from our experiences together, um, feeling better, feeling more prepared, feeling empowered, um, feeling more certain that they can do um, whatever lies ahead is so um, personally and professionally rewarding. It warms my heart to be able to connect with individuals, to um, give to them what was given to me, and sometimes give to them what wasn't, right? Um, on occasion, sometimes we lead based on what we wish we would have received. So being able to pull all of my lived experiences uh, together personally and professionally and share that with other individuals and um, watch them grow from it and, and partner and collaborate um, with other internal and external um, subject matter experts in order to uh, grow our teams. Again, it, it warms my heart because this is, this is challenging work. These are challenging times and we don't quite have all of the pieces put together, but I believe, um, you know, with my whole heart in the opportunities around um, you know, uh, the, we have a nursing professional development practice model, and there's six key areas that um, kind of encapsulate the work of professional development, onboarding and orientation, education, role development, collaborative partnerships, inquiry, um, and, and I think competency management, being able to help individuals see themselves in the work strategically connect their work and their value to align with the mission, vision, values of the organization to achieve outcomes um, is pretty special. It sounds it. I can even hear the warmth in your voice as you're reflecting on that. Thank you. 
So as we're coming towards the end of the, the interview here, I would love to hear overall, as you reflect on your experiences to date, what are your passions around education right now? Um, I think definitely um, creating inclusive learning environments. And uh, it's not new to, to uh, teaching learning methodology. However, I think the intention around it, uh, the intentional focus on making sure that we meet the learning needs of a uh, diverse workforce is, is so important. As I mentioned earlier, um, taking into account people's lived experiences, their cognitive abilities, um, all of the various perspectives that they bring to the table, race, ethnicity, um, you know, um, um, uh, any number of, of cultural um, tra traditions or, or perspectives that influence how they see the world, how they make decisions is really important because it ultimately impacts their, their experiences related to the work that they do. So being able to create those inclusive um, learning environments where people feel safe, where, uh, safe to share, where they feel uh, seen and heard and that their perspectives are valued is really important. And I think it transforms the teaching learning experience. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, thank you. So I know I've spent a lot of time talking about your career, but you are more than your career. Mm -hmm. So what are some things you do outside of work to help maintain joy in life and practice? Yes, that's a great question. So travel. Um, I love, love, love to travel. Anyone who knows me or spends any length of time with me will say Trina loves to travel. <laughs> and um, she feels that she never uh, has enough opportunity to do that. But um, domestic international travel uh, takes me and brings me a great deal of joy. It helps me to tap into my joy. Um, beyond just a happy place, which is mostly based on external experiences, being able to travel helps me to tap into true joy. Uh, and certainly, um, you know, some other fun things because the budget doesn't always allow for the level of travel that I enjoy. But definitely, um, you know, um, I'm an avid moviegoer and unapologetically so. But pr prior to, to covid um, and now we have all sorts of things that help us with that. But in certainly connecting with, with individuals, the relationships that we build and the time that we spend in those meaningful relationships and nurturing and cultivating those meaningful relationships with other people, not letting that get lost, um, you know, because of our commitment to work, because those are the things that fill us up, keep our cups full so that we can come to work and, and to the best of our ability, show up as our best self. So, um, you know, meaningful relationships with friends and, and um, you know, my, my sorority and certainly travel. Did I say travel? <laughs> Clearly you love the travel and I love it too. So I fully understand. <laughs> so which sorority, by the way? Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. 
So thank you once again, Trina, for your time. Those were my core questions. But before I let you go, any last words of wisdom to share with aspiring educators or education leaders? Wow. So um, first, thank you. I've really enjoyed this opportunity to share. Um, uh, parting words of wisdom. I think if individuals can... Um, tap into something that they love and are passionate about early and then develop that over time, that's great. But if you cannot, that is also okay. And life will present many opportunities. And as long as you are learning, you are always winning. You are always growing. And eventually um, you will be on the path to get you to where you are supposed to be. Thank you. Those are amazing words to end on. Thank you so much for the opportunity.